0: Beam me up, Scotty.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks for coming by.
0: Heck yeah. Thanks for having me. All right.
1: So drop that question on me. All
0: right. So where is the last place you traveled before Mm -hmm. COVID-19?
1: Yes. Last place I traveled outside of Ohio would have been Tennessee. Okay. Uh, It was for Halloween. So it was actually probably about a year to the day. And we went to go see my favorite band, STS9, in... It's called the caverns. So it's 300 feet in the ground underneath the ground. You go in this huge cave and it used to be just for like jazz and bluegrass bands. And then last year they started opening it up to more like jam bands. So like Lotus has been there. Now Tyco has been there. Um, and then STS nine was doing a two night run and it was during a festival called, um, Suwanee Hulaween in Florida, which is like electric forest, but Halloween. And it was like, like sts 9 was going to be there for two sets, and then fly to Tennessee to do the two night run in ten in, uh, in the caves. And we're like, well, what do we do? And we ended up doing the caves because we're like, this is going to be so special. Like, who knows if they're even going to do this again for a band that's been around, you know, over twenty years? They've never played there. Like, this is going to be a really special moment. And. Uh, no regrets, you know, <laughs> cool. uh, it was a phenomenal time. Some, some of the favorite live shows I've seen from them. Um, cause I've seen about 30 times within like three years. <laughs> awesome. So it's like the set list, the setting, um, the group of people, I was, like, it just all worked. Yeah. It was all perfect. And for, if I had to pick like a last hurrah, without even knowing what was about to come, that would have been it right for on. sure. So I'm I'm cool I ended on a good note. Very cool. And before that like after that I went uh to Columbus for New Year's, but that's like a 2-hour drive. Okay. You know, I wouldn't say that's really like leaving, you know.
0: Sure. Yeah, it's still Ohio, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's still Ohio and Ohio's not that different. No. It's Throughout not. the 5 hours, it's pretty right. much the same. You got a couple cities and then it's like Well, that reminds harmless. me. I've
0: never been to Hocking Hills.
1: Well, that's where I'm going this weekend, oh, and then my nice. family went there a few weeks back. Very cool. So it's are a beautiful like, place.
0: I'm, that's where I really would like to go. Are you going to be staying there, or are you mm-hmm. just going for the day? Okay.
1: Yeah, we got like a... With the COVID things and, you know, our group's so used to always getting together. Um, obviously, this year, we haven't been able to do that. So a, a few times, we've just gotten like an Airbnb, kept the group kind of small. And uh, so, yeah, we got a nice spot in Hawking Hills, private... Very cool. Um, is it like
0: a cabin? Because don't they have like tree houses, cabins? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. We did more of a cabin with the family. This is just more of a big-ass house. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. But, you know, this year, next year, probably the following year, that's what a lot of people are doing. You know, they're not going to another state. They're not going out of the country. There's, you know, for us, our rule for this year was to stay in Ohio. We're not doing any vacations outside of the state. And we have so much to offer here. People complain about Ohio that live here but i don't think they understand all that we have. I and mean, we have a national park. outside the national park, then we have hawking hills and just campsites galore. like if you're into being outside, ohio's a great place to be. right.
0: and too it's like your attitude, you know. Mm-hmm. like wherever you are, you how you feel about everything around you is going to follow you.
1: Oh yeah, no people what. are depressed in sunny california. Totally. that it never rains and totally. never snows or anything right. and they're completely miserable. So I actually <laughs>
0: I'm so in love with Ohio and I have so much to explore still. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to all the parks. I haven't been to all the forests. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I definitely am a candidate for Ohio. I I know like obviously JT moved away and I feel like that's very courageous. And like Lindsay always talks about moving away, but I feel like my place is to keep grounded. Like in Ohio, like not only can I not imagine being too far from my family, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't imagine not being in this kind of terrain. Like it would be cool to explore like Colorado and like other places like that for sure but as for living like I'm definitely grateful to be from Ohio.
1: I got two points on that front because I, I was with you like I, I've been to Colorado probably four or five times and That's it's cool. it's beautiful you know the energy of the people is is great. the scenery is great you know if you're into outdoors it's it's amazing. And Colorado can't fix this because it's the desert. But I really miss the green. I see. I yeah, miss that um, lush, all yeah, the colors, right. and like you miss that when you're in the desert, dude. And yeah. people don't even think Colorado's the desert. Yeah, like, I didn't think <laughs> that either. I but it just is snow
0: and mountains and stuff.
1: Yeah, and it's beautiful. I mean, like we were on a mountain at a hot spring in 90 degree weather, sitting in a you know, it's like a hot tub hot spring. Okay. Looking at snow on top of a mountain.
0: That's really cool.
1: Like it's, it's a crazy place to be Yeah. because within eye distance, you can see snow and the whole shebang while you were just getting roasted in the sun. That's interesting. So it is a beautiful place. Um, and the cool, the second point I, I, that came to my mind was another benefit of being in Ohio, which is another reason we, we stuck around a was cause family and friends and B is that when you live in a place like Ohio, you can afford to go do things. Sure. And it was like, if we go to Colorado, we're going to be so broke <laughs> that we can explore Colorado. But this idea of us doing like a Tennessee for Halloween and this for, you know, whatever. All those trips get pushed back or just not even, they can't even be done just for financial reasons. Yeah. The cost of living here is so low. To fly out of here is so low most of the time that it's like we could live here and travel more or live somewhere else and not really get to travel. Yeah. So, that's a
0: very good point. And two, I feel like nature has a big play in it, whereas, like, okay, the universe bred us here, you know, mm-hmm. like our ancestry gravitated towards here. So, there's a, a reason beyond us, I believe, why we are here, why we are contributing to. Things that are from Ohio and
1: whatnot, you know. Right. Oh, especially for for us. Yeah. This is a family member. Yes. <laughs> so did. Mm-hmm. I don't do introductions, but <laughs> but you know, for our family, it is Ohio and Pennsylvania. Yeah. You know, that's where our family is so born and cool. bred. Um, and even though like there is some differences, but PA and Ohio is pretty similar. For sure. You know, you
0: can, I feel like you can consider them sister states.
1: For sure. Uh, like Pennsylvania is the hillier version right, totally. <laughs> of Ohio. I mean, from where
0: I grew up, 10 minutes down the road, you're in Pennsylvania. Right. So it's like, yeah, you are, it's not, you know, you're accustomed to it.
1: No, for sure. And uh, I'm with you. I That's outside of the family aspect and, and the financial aspect. It's just a beautiful place to be. It's a safe place to be. I mean, you're not going to be protected 100% no matter where you go. Right. But you know.
0: It's familiar. I feel like that you feel safer when things are more familiar. You for know? sure. You get more confident when you've been in an area for so long you know.
1: Yeah so. there's an argument to that. Okay. It depends what you're trying to live like how you're trying to live because sure. some people would argue that you're only growing when you're uncomfortable and I don't know if that's necessarily always true. Yeah. I think you are growing when you're uncomfortable but there's like a real opportunity for growth when you're in a comfort zone. And those other things that you're used to worrying about, you're not worrying about. Like things that you would worry about living somewhere else on your own that you don't know anyone. When all those stresses are like not even present, you have so much more time just to figure out or think, use your your voltage, you know, use your time wisely sure. on things that are actually like productive for your growth and right. and,
0: and when you say like being uncomfortable, I just think of like stress. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, you're going to grow up or out when you're in an uncomfortable, stressful situation. You know, you want to get out of that. You want to go to a comfortable situation. Like that's kind of what you want to grow towards. So mm-hmm. really, yeah, you're right. You're working towards comfortability so that you can expand that, you know.
1: But if you it's like having that self-awareness to know that if you're there or not, you know? Oh,
0: okay. Like if you're at that place of comfortability to where you can yeah. positively expand mm-hmm. and reach other people in a positive way.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. like, we felt like here, we had to leave Kent for a long time. Wait, you what? I felt like we had to leave Kent because like we came here for school and then, you know, my, my girl and I met each other and it felt like we had to like move on from this place. But then it was like, we were able to grow because we were in that comfortable spot and we were able to focus on things that were important to us. Sure. Instead of trying to uproot our lives and try to like start this whole new life from scratch, it's like we don't really need to do that. Yeah, we have something <laughs> going. yeah. Yeah. We have something great going. And like for her and I, it's like a great situation here because it's equal distance to both of our parents. You know, we're not far from, we have friends in, you know, the Cleveland area, back yeah. home area. Columbus, Cincy, so, you know, it's not like a...
0: It is really a close enough, far enough kind of place. It is,
1: you know. It's, it's enough distance where we're not, like, crammed in by everyone, but, you know.
0: But at the drop of a hat, you can go home.
1: Yeah, if something can, happen, happened, I could go deal. home. Yeah. yeah. it's not like this huge ordeal of, like, right. getting plane like tickets Carly, and all this stuff.
0: How long does it take to get it? Like, three hours?
1: Uh, like, more like four. So that's, that's a trip. But still, it's a trip. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, when I go see her, we always ride down like on a Friday okay. because her like Brent and I went down one time uh, like on a Saturday to hang out Saturday and come back Sunday and we were just so white from the drive mm-hmm. that like we we just weren't even really there right. you know
0: I know driving does take a lot out of you
1: and it's weird because you're just sitting there I know <laughs>
0: but, but as a driver like you are tense that whole time I mean, well you, you have, have to have to the alert. mental right, focus exactly. to like you know but I know it is tiring I drove with my parents to Myrtle Beach and that was the first time I was in a car with them for 12 hours. And I'm like, this is nuts. Like, how did I do this to a kid with two other people in this backseat? Like,
1: with no iPads. No, exactly. <laughs>
0: I do remember having an iPod. I, 13 years old was when I got my first Sounds right. iPod yeah. Nano. I loved that thing. And it never, like, shit the bed either. Like, I had oh, it yeah. forever. My brother actually used it after I was over it.
1: Oh, yeah because those things were made of more quality
0: like metal like straight mm-hmm. steel
1: they're durable they're yeah. built to last because because right. back then it, apple wasn't the uh it wasn't what it is today it wasn't the go-to at all you know back then blackberries was the choice of phones okay. and then well your... yeah
0: apple was music it was an it was
1: music right yeah. it was music and then well it was computers I see. that's where com- so that's apple original, really started
0: like desktops the original apple product
1: Oh, yeah. You see, the old ones are clunkers. Really? They're huge. Really? And, interesting. And uh, it's a pretty interesting story, the Apple story, because Steve Jobs didn't, you know, really make a lot of the stuff. He was the guy that really brought it to the companies. to, Or he's the one that was so much more, like, formed the company, but he didn't really make the technology.
0: He kind of just, like, created the, the The brand.
1: You know, the Apple brand. Okay. and
0: But the actual, like...
1: I forget the guy's name, hmm. but he, he... I mean... The guy that isn't Steve Jobs is definitely well off, and like, I'm sure. you know, he he got his just due and all that stuff. But it was a, it the Apple story is interesting with Steve Jobs because he created Apple. He was forced out, started Pixar. Oh, he started this company called Next, and then made Pixar, interesting. and then left Pixar to go back to Apple because Apple's about to go under because Microsoft was just kicking their ass, mm. and then uh, yeah, he came back and then just thinking about the next wave of technology.
0: Whatever happened to Gateway? Is that still- oh, man. I just remember Graham had that old gateway. Yeah. Theater.
1: Gateway's in some library somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like Shits Creek that, or something. That's a brand? Like Microsoft? Gateway is, yeah. Right. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, they might still make computers, but I mean, when it comes to the computer space, you're going to go Apple or most people go, if they want to go Windows, like a Surface, Microsoft Surface okay, or something yeah. like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's just crazy how things have gone this far. Like when you first had the iPod, everyone was using CDs. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah I was putting my CDs onto my iPod. Right. Like that's the only music I had. I yeah. wasn't buying. I you was weren't 13. downloading shit. Right. I didn't know what to do.
1: And to think of like, I, NAPS, would come over,
0: I would use you for a lot of music. I was the guy. Yeah. I had CDs. for music. That was my
1: first hustle. Mm-hmm. My aunt Sheila gave me yes, a aunt CD Sheila. burner. How did like, she do oh she's good. good yeah so she like had a separate drive so it was just the cd burner drive and you would just plug it in with the usb and i hooked it up to this like dinosaur of a computer like from the 90s and somehow i got that thing oh, wow. to make mixtapes awesome. <laughs> so i was selling them on the bus and stuff getting a little hustle going until i got busted
0: they busted you for that
1: um yeah i got busted so it wasn't cool trying oh to kill gosh. my entrepreneurial so, spirit uh, right <laughs> it was just it was interesting you know because i i went to school in a catholic high school yeah that was like so small and confined and like when i would talk to you know then i went to a bigger college and people were like well how was your high school you know because there's was like cool kids and the nerds and blah 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 i'm like dude my school was so small you didn't have that. You just had everyone knowing everyone's shit. Yeah. You know? Right. So it was like this weird small community of just like, there is no losers or anything like that. It's just like, everyone's just into everyone's stuff. Yeah. And everyone has like this, like, like public image, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like, this is who you are, yeah. you know? It was nice to escape that. Like, I'm glad I got to leave and just like, create my own identity and, yeah. you know, just not have like, not feeling like so much societal pressure. Cause I didn't have all that around me, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yeah.
1: It was weird though. Like 19 to like your mid twenties is just such a crazy time. Cause like we were talking off air, it's like that transition of like, you're not a kid anymore. You're outside of like the life your parents construct for you, you know, school and mm-hmm. sports and and like they're just planning your your days and and whatever and then you leave the house and now you're figuring things out on your own and now you kind of figure out your own religion religious beliefs and you're figuring out your own politics and like it's just a confusing time you it know
0: because when that is all that you know it's almost like a rude awakening to realize there's a whole big world out there it's like okay crap is everything I know a lie or is this just everything I know just not everything to be known? It's almost like mm-hmm. you're, you have to calm your ego down because your ego is like, no, I know everything. Like yep. everything my mom and dad taught me is true. You know, right. They're my mom and dad. And then you're like, okay, that's not the case.
1: Well, it's having the shocking realization that your parents are people
0: right not and
1: as a kid you don't really think of that sure. you see them as your parents as your authority figure as your loved ones but you don't see them as just a person right and then when you go into the world to interact with just people you understand that they are just people right and uh, you know you're gonna have disagreements and i think going in, especially into like the election you know i see a lot of people get upset with like grandparents and and, you know, just whoever, whoever, maybe don't agree with them, but that's what it is. That's what people are. I know we, we are all an accumulation of our life experience to this point. And so the way someone that's 70 views the world is going to be polar opposite of yeah. someone that's 20 of someone that's 40, you know, that
0: reminds me of social media and how pressuring it was at times to feel like. You know we needed to confront those people in our family who had these old views you know like there was a real pressure and i actually did have a conversation i don't know how it got brought up but i know i did not <laughs> me and Grant started talking about it yeah. and racial injustices and we came to terms we came to the realization that we believe very differently on certain things like that and we both had to like You know there was there's no changing her mind you know Mm. she has been viewing that way for 80 years for whatever reason whatever experiences she had or whatever somebody told her that is how she feels and i had to decide like you know i'm not gonna be angry with her because that's my gram and at the end of the day like her over everyone right but i have to realize like those expired ideas are even more so encouraging for me to be the example as to why those expired mm-hmm. ideas can no longer penetrate through these generations. You know, like I'm the conscious changer of those ideals in this family. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: So. No, hundred uh, percent. Agreeing to disagree yeah. <laughs> is well, so it, underrated and there is nothing wrong with having a conversation. right? And I, same, I've had those conversations and try to get people that might be on one side of the argument to just see the other side. Not to necessarily agree with the other side, but just to see the other side. And uh, you're not going to get through that, everyone. But with all that being said, and like the example with Graham, you know, she's done more for us than Donald Trump or Obama right. or whoever. Anybody. Uh, really, accumulated yeah. together, right. you know. Like Kamala Harris never picked me up from school because I was sick. Right. (laughs) Right. Like they would never drop everything at the dime of a hat to come help us. So it's a weird balance to find, you know, because you do love them. You're just like, oh my gosh. Unconditionally. Yeah. And it's like, that is what it is though. It's unconditional love. Like I accept you regardless. And they're not hateful people. It's just the mindset. And I think it's also like, um, I was watching this, uh, Dave Chappelle thing with David Lunderman. And they're saying how you know media will go find things from like the 60s and 70s and bringing them up nowadays and try to get people in trouble and it's like but that was like f- decades ago and things that and it's were a acceptable different time are not yeah so you can't put that context into today's yeah. time and think that things should hold up the same like right. it's it was a totally different time in every aspect you well, know Yeah.
0: when my my grandma has said you know when her dad came off the boat and built a farm in vienna and had my aunt great aunt mary and my grandma like that was the only people they had so my grandma met my grandpa and had six children and they made a family that way Mm -hmm. that was the start so i'm the product of someone who made a family right and the ideal now has just shifted so much to where like you know people from that generation can only seem to unconditionally love their blood whereas like we need to be the teachers of like unconditional love for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what, like family yeah. and friends, like everybody gets loved the same.
1: Well, it's real community. Yeah. And is based out of blood.
0: Right. 100%.
1: And that is what this country is all about. I think we, especially when we get to election time, we forget that we're all on the same team. Yeah, <laughs> It's like we got teams within the team. Right. And, uh, I just don't think it has to go this way. And I think our generation and the ones before, you know, the ones after us and, and so on and so forth, we are so much, we just have that empathy and that is totally. missing, you know, from that, from the older generation that is in, that is running politics. Now there's just a lack of empathy, you know, and when you're more empathetic is that's, that's what builds community. It doesn't matter how much money you throw out the problem. You know, California has the highest state tax. And all In the whole country and they just raised it again So to think that you're gonna get more money from people to throw more money at the problems kind of fix it It's not yeah, because they've been giving you the money and you and shit's only gotten worse, you know It just goes a long way to like have self-awareness Uh to be that bigger person and just understand that everyone's not gonna view the way that you view things and like Sometimes you gotta adjust and see the way you're viewing things and maybe there's adjustments to make When it comes to this world level shit, like we're not built for this. Just like what you were saying with your great grandparents, their whole life was in that town and that's all they were worried about. Mm -hmm. They had some stuff on the newspaper that they would see from time to time. But like our human brains were not developed to handle the universe. And that's what we do now with social media. Wait, what
0: do you even mean? I, yeah, my brain's not even developed enough to handle that concept. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so what I mean is like when we first started as humans, right? We're family. It was just like, I'm looking out for you. You're looking out for me. Fuck everyone else. We need to get food. We need to get shelter. It's what everyone always wants is just food, shelter, and community. To survive. That's all human, the three basic human needs. So you only worried about the present and what's going on right now and then it changed into you worried about your town now we want to make the town nice right so now we want to have businesses come in and restaurants and but you know it's so not worried about the town and now we're worried about the state and now we're worried about the country and now we're worried about other countries and then you learn that in space in every black hole is more black holes and it's an infinite loop and you go holy fucking shit <laughs> yeah like, I don't think our brains were processed to know what's going on in Iraq and North Korea and England. And yeah. then, you know, you know, what? Like this one thing after another, after yeah. like, that's what I'm talking about. Like when you're scrolling social media, we're not able to handle the world. And I remember working out a job and this kid's like, this is back in 2014. This kid's like, the world's about to end. And, you know, this is coming. Doomsday is coming. And I go, why do you think that? And he goes, look at this video of this hurricane. And I go, dude, hurricanes have always happened. We just didn't have the technology to record them. You're just seeing it now. Mm -hmm. But this shit has always happened. Sure. (laughs) Kind
0: of same with, like, black men getting killed in the streets. It's It's all that. It's been happening. It's been happening. But now it's just getting recorded live so that everyone can see.
1: Still. And it's sad because it still doesn't really matter. I know, On that front. Like, the fact, you know, I think some of these... Black Lives Matter cases, it's it's hard because it's not it's not consistent, right? Because they're all separate cases. So you have something like a Jacob Black. I might get some shit for this, but I don't know. I don't agree that he should be shot seven times in his back. But when you hear about the situation that he you know, when he was on parole for sexual assault, he was trying to take the car of the woman that he sexually assaulted.
0: I know, and that that comes then, down to rehabilitation. Well, though. It, you know what I mean.
1: Well, rehabilitation. I know. And I it's don't tough. know. It's rehabilitation, not tough. so much. It's de-escalation from the police. It's what? De-escalation. Oh, okay. Instead well, of true. escalation. But in that case, you know, the cops knew that they were coming to someone that uh, had a warrant a warrant out for their arrest. They tasered him. He you know, was able to get through the taser and then he's going into the car to either grab something or get in the car and go away again. I do not agree that he should have been right. shot seven times in his back, but in that situation, if, if it gets to that point and you're calling the cops, like you're calling for protection. Right. No, Whereas for sure. as the George Floyd case, that is just straight murder.
0: Yeah. That was, that and was the fact
1: the that that cop had the balls to kneel on his neck for eight minutes and 42 seconds Knowing that the public was recording him, that it was going to go all over the internet, that he had three other, you know, young to rookie officers that were watching what he was doing, uh, that they didn't do anything about it. I mean, it, it, there is so many levels that yeah. just make it make you sick to your stomach about it. And I think that one, you know, the George Floyd case is there's a reason that sparked the reaction it did, sure. because there it, it was. It was so right or wrong that you can't argue. Right. Well, he should. No. Yeah. There's, <laughs> I don't no. care. He that he, George could have called him the fucking cunt, well, yeah, this, where, that, and the other. That's where
0: empathy and compassion exactly. come in. You know, instead of that police officer coming up armed,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he shouldn't even be there in the first place. It should be someone else. Like, you know, like, it, like it's been said, there should be the disputer, you know, someone who's coming to put out the fire, not ignite it. Exactly. Like, and it's and, thinking about, you know, I didn't even know about the guy who got shot in the back seven times. And it I guess it just comes down to again like, you know, what having the time and care to understand that person's life. And I know you can't do that in those milliseconds of needing mm-hmm. to react or not react, but it's like what got that man to the point where he needs to act this way, you know? Like I feel like society writes off people left and right, especially those of color. And you know, we're not a society where we want to rehabilitate. We want to just throw people away. Heck, people 100%. want to throw their clothes away. They don't even want to reuse their clothes. You know what I mean? Oh, there's a
1: reason there's landfills of fucking trash. Everywhere.
0: Up. And that's how people <laughs> want to treat each other. And it's For like, sure.
1: no, I agree with that. I think the way what we label as rehabilitation is not. So if you look at the war on drugs, let's compare it to, uh, to health. Say if you were really unhealthy, right? And and here's our game plan. We're going to lock you in a box with other unhealthy people. And then surround you with a community that only knows how to be unhealthy. And then we're going to feed you McDonald's every day. And then when you get out, society's going to ask you, why aren't you fixed? Why aren't you fixed? Mm-hmm. Because you surrounded them in a community that's not going to rehabilitate them. If you you know, we're a low-level drug dealer. You go to jail, you go to prison, you just got a fucking college degree in criminology. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you're doing all day? Yeah. You're talking to other criminals. <laughs> Straight
0: up, well, yeah, I mean, I went to rehab, and dude, when I got there, I thought I was in an insane asylum. It's like
1: a jail. I was like, yeah. where am
0: I, and who am I around, and can I? when can the fuck can I go home? Like, yeah. it, dude, it's, it was crazy.
1: It's not there to really fix you, you know, and I don't think when you look at things... Like you're talking about uh, with the black community, when you look at mass incarceration, the war on drugs has led us to mass incarceration, to having the highest people in prison per capita of any major nation in the whole world. We lock people up for doing things to themselves. And when it's really a public health issue, we turn it into a criminal issue. Same thing with COVID. We turn it into a political issue. Yeah. You know, well, we'll lock you up for not wearing a mask. We'll lock you up for doing this. It's like, dude, okay, so your solution is to then put them in a cage where they're not going to be socially distanced. <laughs> like, yeah. like the punishment doesn't match the crime and the idea that you're going to keep this black market going where only criminals are handling these drugs and you're going to lock them into mass incarceration, then have companies like a very popular women's underwear company that I don't want to say the names cause I don't get in trouble, but they use prison labor to make all their products. So how is that not modern day slavery? Yeah. You know, so you get them into jail some fucking you know he had a eighth of weed or something you put him in jail he's now making these products for this company that's just getting free labor i mean that is modern day slavery but that doesn't really get discussed yeah and that that's the whole circle right, right. and right. now we're breaking the family cuz now dad's in prison and now the kids don't have guidance and and now and they it's the need cycle. to sell right. drugs to survive, right? Because they have and no then income. And they
0: have and a chance to go, yeah. So it is. It's, it's a, a vicious, vicious cycle.
1: cycle. But that's the, you know, look. When you have one percent of the country hoarding all the wealth, right? This is what ends up happening. People sure. feel like they need to eat for themselves, mm-hmm. you know. And that's where the empathy gets lost. That's where everything just keeps escalating. That's where that's why we have cops that aren't even part of these communities policing that community, you know. I I don't agree with the concept of defending the police. I think we really need to just re-examine what it is. If you're going to police an area, you should live there. Like, when you go into a lot of these lower-income communities, no one lives in that community that polices it, and that's what creates this huge divide. It's an us versus them instead of, like, i'm just making sure everything is cool
0: yeah it's not your neighbor going to literally protect your neighborhood Mm -hmm. it's some foreigner Mm -hmm. who already comes in with a judging assumption that you guys (laughs) guys are all criminals yeah it is it is twisted
1: it's twisted and that's what's that's just what keeps it going and it's sad to see you know it's sad to see and it's just like we're in 2020 we've been doing this war on drugs thing for so long and you know Now there's fentanyl in the suburbs like this problem. This has not fixed the problem. It's only accelerated it like the drugs are only stronger. They're, you know, not only in black community, you know, the crack epidemic was really in black communities. The opioid uh, epidemic is, you know, across all races. I mean, it affects everyone. Mm -hmm. It's in middle schools. I mean, it's, it's crazy the amount of drugs that are in our country. And if they're illegal and, and well, locking them and that, up.
0: That gets pulled back to you on Western medicine and, you know, the kind of view that the pharmacologist or pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. you know, and the doctors try to heal us. And the way, I mean, how much dependency people have on them. I mean, even me. Okay. I had a reason I needed to go get antibiotics. Like I'm, I know how much they destroy our gut buddies and our gut lining mm-hmm. and, but I needed it. I could not yeah. fight off this infection that I had. And I don't have any health insurance or anything. And I got a text message a week later saying, okay, you owe us $700 for coming yep. and visiting the urgent care. And I was like, thank God I have my mom and dad who are financially stable and can help me with this. Like, but what about the other people? Mm-hmm. Most of the people who can't like, yep. and I know at the end of the day, cause I was like telling my mom, I'm like, well, what happens? What do I do? What if I don't give them money? And they're like, well, they'll eventually just like leave you alone, I guess. But to what, but will they like, to what extent? Like,
1: well, it's going to, they're going to hit your credit. Okay. You'll pay for it. I mean, you're going to pay for it. Like they,
0: it's, it's absurd. Like it's gotten way out of context. Like,
1: well, again, it's the lack of empathy. It's, I had the same thing happen with me is like, I had sciatica really bad. I had a pinched nerve in my back and I saw what it would have been without the insurance. And I go, how do y'all expect people to even want to come here? Right. (laughs) <laughs> like, like it is the same thing. It was going to be for me to go in there. Them give me an, um, anti-inflammatory and a muscle relaxer was like 700 bucks. That's why. And I go, y- you didn't fix the problem. You didn't even really give me any real solution to it. You just right. gave me some pills and sent me on my way. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to go see a chiropractor. He showed me different stretches and inversion tables and, yeah. This that and the other, and I'm like, so this is a solution, right? And I paid forty bucks for that right. instead of seven hundred for him to give me some pills and tell me to fuck off. Straight up, it's sad, but you know, when you live in a capitalistic country, you gotta pay to play, and if right. you can't pay, you don't get to play.
0: I know, and it's like I'm to the point where I'm like, I don't even want to play. You know, mm-hmm. like honestly, I kind of view my life like, okay. I'm gonna take care of myself as best as i can for the rest of my life and then i don't know i just i just see myself like just dying alone in a (laughs) a home like nobody knows like it just happens like it's all just natural like i don't know i just there's so much pressure on living so much pressure on dying so much pressure on staying healthy when it's like we're fed from day one like at school like look at the school lunches they feed us you know it's trash and like they don't want to teach us they want to cut health classes. it's like i don't know
1: well it's they want to cut all that they want to cut art classes yeah. they you know i never had like a home ec class in yeah. high school or anything like that like learn how to cook for myself or right. how to you know back in those days fill out a checkbook like they didn't teach you any of that shit yeah you know they teach you um a watered down version of history um
0: and leave out a lot of important parts about that this you land know and its actual history
1: science uh science updates so rapidly that a lot of those textbooks even if they're five years old that's True. like 15 years old yeah and you these know? teachers
0: my mom being one of them i mean robotically just the same curriculum over and over mm-hmm. again make these kids pass the test pass the test it's like
1: because it comes to a job and not a passion mm-hmm. like everyone's just oh yeah crossing their t's and dotting their i's totally. to make sure they don't get in trouble and uh people will probably be sick of me saying this because i say this like every podcast but you know, it's our generation that has the opportunity to break that, you know, like our, our great, your great grandparents in PA, they didn't have the opportunity to hop on a computer and start a business. You know, they would have to go find people to do jobs. They would have to get a building to rent out and all this stuff. Like you could really, if the point of money is so you could live, you can find ways to make money and not have to like give, trade all your time for it. Cause that's what happens. We grow up, we get this 40, 50, 60 hour a week job. We de- dedicate all of our time to it. And then at a drop of a hat, they can just get rid of you, especially in a state like Ohio. That's a no- You don't need a reason to fire anyone in Ohio. Okay. Or like, a, I forget what it's called. It's like a no. Does
0: that have to do with the union, like a non-union.
1: I can't get too deep into it. Cause okay. I really can't speak on it. Yeah. Cause I don't know too much, but I just know that. And, um, uh, it's one of those situations where it's like, when you sign up to do a job you take care of the company and in hopes you you hope the company takes care of you but time and time again it kind of seems like that's not the way it works yeah. <laughs> you know like i mean the
0: company's best interest isn't you it's it's the
1: company yeah it's the sell. bottom line yeah. and if it means firing you know a woman that's eight months pregnant who's been dedicated never late never never late worked her whole pregnancy like oh we know right because the business right (laughs) you know it's like you could just be the biggest piece of shit but if you add well you know since you know it's it's for the business it's for what's best for the business
0: that's why i'm excited to run this open this business with my mom and be so close and talk about it. What's what's the business going to be? So it's going to be called Pisa rolls, Pisa P S A. Uh, That's my mom's maiden name. And. Nice. Oh my gosh. Wait till you next time you're around. Well, you'll have to come see the place. It's almost done. She invested every penny she's ever made and saved into rebuilding, reconstructing this beautiful building. Um, But it's just going to be this giant bakery. We have two mixers. We have an oven. We got a hood installed Um, We're going to make the rolls and that's all for now. There's going to be like five or six rolls and we're going to try and take off with that. And then it's going to kind of be ever expanding. We've already talked about like baking with THC and things like that. And once that becomes more legal, like it's going to be a green bakery eventually. So awesome. Heck yeah.
1: Well, that's what, uh, you know, I think that's a great example. Someone like your mom that has been teaching forever you know, for her, her adult life. And I think when this COVID stuff hit, everyone just kind of took a step back and was like, like, what am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> what really matters? What matters? What do I want to do? What's this next chapter look like with all these changes to her every day? And, uh, it's a beautiful thing. I'm, I'm proud to hear that. Like
0: Dude, t- she's taking the, the power in your own hands who I know who can open up a business in a detrimental pandemic yeah. where the economy has completely shit she's like oh yeah by the way i've been but, saving everything
1: but it's people like her like that mindset
0: dude and she does have the best mindset she wants to help people we've already talked about like you know intentional thinking and what we plan to do with the, the our earnings and it's mm-hmm. nothing but giving it back you Yeah, know? because it's like at the end of the day i don't see my needs or wants expanding past what they rationally are so it's like i'm so looking forward to being able to help other people out You know, i've always had help whether it be financially emotionally physically mentally spiritually There's always been someone there for me who has helped me and i'm just so looking forward to being sturdy enough to give that back Yeah,
1: well, and it's you've had a support system
0: 100
1: and when people don't have support systems it is Pretty damn near impossible. For sure. I mean, I
0: even struggled with the support system.
1: Yeah, a lot of people do. I mean, most people do. Yeah. And that's the reason you need it. Like, everyone needs a support system. Sure. Because it's so easy to feel, especially in those down moments, that you're by yourself. You're the only one that feels this way. But in reality, that's not the truth. Right. Everyone has their highs and their lows. And, like, some people deal with lower downs than others. But, you know, when you can go back to that support system, it just helps balance things out a little bit for sure. So, and, you know, taking that time to really think about what the next 10, 15, 20 years look like, and what do you want to spend your time doing
0: and who with,
1: and who with, you know, I think that too, I think when everyone lost their when all these people lost their jobs, you know, how many people identify their identity with their, with their occupation? I mean, people spend more time with their coworkers than they do their family and friends combined. Sure. You know, these are the people you're with all day. This is, you know, your ego's tied to that because I'm in this role because I've been here for 30 years Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And it's like you eliminate all that, and then people are like,
0: oh, my God. Who am I?
1: Who am I? Like, when am I outside of this job, outside of this, like, work community?
0: Or, you know, how much they maybe have grown apart from their spouse or how Mm -hmm. how much they realize they don't know about their kids.
1: There have been a lot of breakups.
0: Right, right. (laughs) And probably a lot of baby making, too. A lot of baby
1: making. Oh, yeah. I'm
0: I'm so grateful, really, for how it worked out for me, in a sense. Like, I was moved back in with my mom and dad, and we're on such good terms. Like, they are literally my best friends, and we have the woods behind their house that I spent, like, the whole time. Y'all got the setup. I'm really grateful, like, it, it, because I think about those people in New York City and how they're confined to their apartment, like, way above off the ground, and, like, I just... Give Them so much respect because I wouldn't be able to do it.
1: Well, we're not city folk, no, it never, never would be to like <laughs> I'll visit 100. I like coming to hang out for the weekend, right? Dude, but that I like coming home.
0: Vegas. We went to Vegas last September after Carly's wedding, mm-hmm. and that when you talk about like missing greenery, that mm-hmm. is the place where oh, you yeah, miss greenery. I mean, like, I have never wanted to hug a tree so bad in my life that I was there. I just <laughs> And I hate to talk badly about any place or anything, but it just like smelt was smelly to me, and like oh hell yeah, everyone is just walking around smoking, well, drinking, and it's just it's definitely a party. Well, place. It's, a,
1: it's a tourist destination, right? right? True. And then you add the gambling and the drugs and yeah. the prostitution, right. it's gonna be smelly. It, <laughs> exactly. And then it's always warm, so you got a lot of homeless people there. Yeah. Like it's gonna be. A sm- I've never been to Vegas. Cause I've always felt like I, I know it. Th- I would go, like
0: it was an experience, yeah. But four days was more than enough, right? Like,
1: yeah, I'm too much of a bitch to like gamble that much. Oh, I, yeah, you know,
0: I think, yeah, I didn't care about gambling at
1: all. Yeah, I like to go see it though. Ohio's getting there, we got oh, medical stores, and we got uh, a bunch of card spots here. There's like six places you can get cards now in Cleveland alone, oh, really? which is pretty cool. Well, There's one cool. in Akron, one in Canton, so. It's going to take time, you know, I think, uh, my, there's like two things that really make me want to like the push for legalization. One is to like decrease the amount of it on the black market. Cause all we're doing is giving money to criminals. Mm -hmm. Like that is all that keeps happening. And we keep thinking by, you know, putting people in jail that all this stops, but it doesn't, it just keeps growing. Like there's a reason the cartels, the cartel, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not just because of pot, obviously, but um just having like just like not the only reason to put someone in the cage if they put like exemplary like physical harm on someone else you know yeah and to lock people up for something like that's so silly
0: then i believe you know like i actually met a guy who killed a man Mm -hmm. and like like you could tell that God had forgiven him Mm -hmm. or whoever, whatever you want to believe in. Like the great spirit had forgiven him. He had moved on, he had paid his dues. And like that to me was so liberating. Cause like sometimes I don't know why, but sometimes I feel like I killed someone, you know what I mean? Like I, sometimes I feel like I've done so bad and so wrong in my life. It's to the equivalent of that. And then that was a rude awakening to me of like, okay, you haven't killed someone first of all. And second (laughs) of all, even if you have like you, we, are we're forgiving creatures. Like yeah. this world doesn't want to do anything but forgive us and accept us and guide us towards the correct Well,
1: way. things move on. Like yeah. that's what, th- what sometimes I think people forget. Like things always move on. Things always continue to happen. The, the t- like time doesn't stop. And uh, it's kind of like when someone like if you and I had a really bad fight and then like two years later, I'm still, like, really holding on to it, like, I'm hurting myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even hurting you at this point. I'm just hurting myself. And when you beat yourself up and you do that for so long, like, it it just gets exhausting. And you're either going to get to the point where you're just done or you're going to get to the point where it's like, okay, I got to change something here, you know? Yeah. Because it's just not mentally beneficial for anyone for yourself for the people around you right but at the same time you got to repent i guess you got to kind of like i've just never been in that situation where i felt like i did something that bad that like i it was like unforgivable yeah you know like something like murdering someone right you know so i don't know what that's like but
0: yeah i mean and obviously neither do i but i guess i know what it's like to beat yourself up for sure so hard that you feel like you killed someone you know like you're that hard on yourself So I really have been coming to terms with like, you know, being more gentle and forgiving and because I'm the first person to like forgive someone else, but I was having such a hard time forgiving myself. Mm -hmm. It's like, how does that work?
1: One of my favorite lines I've ever heard was you would never treat someone else the way you treat yourself. Touche. You know? Yeah. Like the things you say to yourself, you would never say to someone. Right. You would never want to say to someone. Right. But it's weird that we treat ourselves worse than we do others. Yeah, because
0: ultimately it comes out on Mm -hmm. the other person, you know. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm just noticing now, like, because I've had people, like, I'm into, like, energy healing and things like that. I see a Reiki healer. I try to go once a month. And she really, like, helps me a lot to think on those.
1: What's that entail?
0: So what happens like she works with the chakras the seven Mm -hmm. chakras and like what will actually happen during a session is i'll go in and we basically like catch up we're like like really good friends now and so we like catch up and i tell her about like what's happened within the past month good or bad and you know what you know what has happened and then i lay down on her this bed and she goes through she starts with my crown and the second she puts her hand on my head i can just like feel all this energy rushing and it just feels so amazing and then she moves down to each side of my body and then to my feet and then the other side and then she'll flip me over and she basically just works with my energies and like gets them back into shape and like spinning correctly and stuff and she every time I sit back up she like asks me, you know, are you holding on to anger because your liver seems really hot. You know, you drink need to drink more water to flush that out and just like certain things like that um, and it's really taught me a lot about myself. However, I feel like I've become reliant on her. I'm like, oh, okay. I feel imbalanced. I need to go to her when it's like, okay, no, I need to realize what is making me feel imbalanced. And I need to fix that because I'm, I start to use her as a crutch, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I can just go to Kathy and she'll just like fix me <laughs> right up. It's like, seriously, it's like going to see a hairdresser. It's yeah. like, Oh, my hair's a mess. I'll just go see her. <laughs> it's like, Oh, my energy's a mess. I'll just go see her and she fixes me. And it's true. But then like, I've really, because it's not cheap, you know, she charges and like it's worth every penny, but for someone who's not working at the moment, it's not reasonable. She charges like $70 a session mm-hmm. for an hour, an hour and a half. And so I've really just been trying to like work on myself and like realize. And I think it comes down to a lot like, I don't spend a lot of time with a lot of people and I realize like I I kind of don't like to say this because I don't really know the extent of like being an empath. Like I've heard people be like, Oh yeah, I'm an empath. I'm an empath. And it's like, I have empathy. I don't know. I'm an empath. However, I do know that when I'm around certain people, like, like if you were going through something really traumatizing and I was here with you, like I would empathize with you so much that I would basically take on everything that you were experiencing without even knowing it. And then I would go home and I would be wearing this trauma that you, and you probably would feel a lot better because I just mm-hmm. took it all away from you. So I'm still like learning how to handle that because that happens to me all the time, and so I don't really hang around a lot of people because I'm still learning how.
1: Well, to you learn. and I are similar in that. Yeah. I feel you and I are energy energy absorbers because we're great listeners. And I've had relationships like friendships and relationships like that too where i felt like i was just taking on someone yeah, else's energy and sure. like their trauma and their burdens were like casted onto me and then it was like it left them and now it's onto me and now i'm like well like this ain't even my shit to I deal know, with like, but what like, do I do? I feel like right yeah. now do what i do yeah. yeah and i think like you're learning self-awareness and that's the best tool to have in life One of the best tools. It took me a long time to figure that out. And how to navigate that. And I still don't have it figured out. But, like, it can just be a lot. When you have the kind of spirit like we have, where, like, all that, we we just pick it up. Mm -hmm. We pick up on people's good energy. We pick up on their trauma. Like, I always it's interesting with all these masks like everyone wearing masks because most of your communication is nonverbal, and so not seeing how your mouth moves and like all this like only just seeing your eyes it's hard to see real communication okay, yeah. and uh i could see it though like i've never done anything like that but i could see it that's how i felt when i first did yoga
0: Okay, yeah. You That's know? another way to break through yeah. those energies.
1: Well, it's learning how to listen to your body. Like, yeah. I felt like, now I feel like my body always tells me what I need. I just don't always listen. Okay, yeah. You know? And uh, yoga just helped me, like, well, you know, it also taught me how to meditate, too. And it just helped me how to have that self-awareness and, like, take that moment to pause. The breathing techniques and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Breathing in for six seconds, holding it out for six seconds. You do that three or four times. Whatever you're like anxious or like tight about, you can start kind of seeing it from a different perspective, like a little bit more of a calmer perspective. Definitely. But there's been times now where like I'll just leave the room and shit, because I don't always know how to communicate that. Yeah, how I know. it's just like I'm capped. Like I'm sorry. Right. You know. I feel that. But. Again, having that self-awareness knowing where when to get yourself out of those situations and when it is time to listen and help and It's a tricky thing, you know and relationships are tough and people are always changing on their own and then your dynamic of your relationships changing and mm-hmm. that's a never-evolving thing, but Let's keep doing what you're doing, you know right on. It just takes time and we don't want to give ourselves time, you know, like we we're talking off air. It's like you're supposed to graduate high school put put the dots somewhere where, mm-hmm. where you're supposed to do the rest of your life and by your upper 20s 30s you're supposed to have it figured out and then you're on your path and then that's supposed to be that and it's just not
0: dude i went to college for two years and i felt like those two years i was in purgatory because like i didn't know what i was going to school for i was just going to school and like doing good but, like, my two years was up, and they were like, okay, what are you here for? And I'm like, actually, I don't know. I'm just gonna leave for a little bit. I really wanted to study geology, but I'm like, I'm not good at math, nor do I have patience to learn <laughs> math. And, like, that's a big part of geology.
1: That, but also, is like the vast majority of jobs you're gonna get, you don't need a college degree Straight for. Straight up. You really don't. And taking that time, I'm, you know, I'm thankful that my family was in a position for me to go to college right after high school. Um, my freshman year, I met this girl in my math class and she was 21. I was 18 and I go, Oh, you're a freshman. And she goes, yeah, I took a few years off and like, didn't really know what I was coming to school for. So, you know, all my friends thought it was weird, but I was just going to waitress until I knew what I wanted to come here for. And now that I do, I showed up and I thought back and I'm, you know, thankful for the path I've had and it's led me here. But just taking that approach, of like taking a few years to just work and just kind of figure out what I want to do, because I was lost too. like I got to that end of the second year. They're like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'd like to make movies like, oh, well, your GPA is not high enough for that. So we'll put you in communications instead. And I was like, all right, we'll do that. (laughs) So here we are. But. But yeah, I don't think it's it's not prevalent, especially in, in the Internet age. You know, right. I mean, you could start your own company on Etsy or an Amazon resale business Straight or up. a podcast or well, and like even
0: Like i'm interested in uh, mycology now and that you can't even go to college for that around here mm-hmm. So and it is a lot of these mycologists are self-proclaimed self-studied, right? So it's like, yeah I.
1: Well, I there's know. not institutions for that, you know, there's not an institution that really delves deep into that right science unfortunately, yeah, there's
0: not I guess in, like, other states, I'm sure, there's got to be something somewhere.
1: Uh, I would think in Colorado because okay. it's decriminalized there, I would think. True. But, again, it's like, okay, so it's decriminalized, and it takes time for those things to start up. Like, there's a cannabis school now in Cleveland. Is there? You know, and, and it takes like time. Even, like,
0: mushrooms as medicine, like, medicinally, not just the psychoactive psilocybin ones. Yeah, you know what I mean? but
1: so is cannabis. Here's a, here's a mind fuck for you. Cannabis is a federal one illegal narcotic which means it has no medical value whatsoever but at the same time it was considered an essential business during the COVID lockdowns <laughs> so we are saying there's no medicinal value and that's why yeah. it has the highest level um
0: well yeah whoever says that is punishment like beside themselves. well according to, to well, the law
1: right, right. that's what's in the law and then you compare that to it having to be open when everything else is shut down because yeah. it's essential right and you're just like okay that. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this is uh, th- there is medicinal benefits but what happens is it becomes this federally illegal uh, thing and then schools and colleges can't study it and so yeah. there's no research on it right so now well, with like cannabis now that's uh, except like uh, regulationally legal in few states now they can start studying it and learning because the thing is it's like people that aren't familiar with cannabis they think it's just like pot is pot mm-hmm. but it's not i mean it's like its own its own subject like yeah, there's, there's so sativas many. and indicas right. and there's hybr- like everything's hybrids now subject. Yeah, yeah then the you have like
0: there's so, yeah
1: there's so, so much into it. there's so much that goes into it and it's like you can't just put it in that box right. you know
0: and of the fact that it has been illegal for so long and l- literally, was it Reagan or Nixon who like literally made it scary? Like Nixon. Yeah. he. Nixon. I mean,
1: Reagan put the, like started it and then Nixon came through and just fucking. Yeah. Nixon. And ever
0: since that, people have just been li- literally scared of it. They're like, mm-hmm. it's illegal. That's all they need to know. It's illegal.
1: Well, it's illegal. So it must be terrible. Exactly. But there's so many things that are legal that are way worse.
0: Dude, alcohol number
1: one alcohol cigs i mean look at Cigarettes, sugar i two. mean look it's at sugar dude. look at covid look at you hour. know so covid hits our country and the reason it's had the impact it's had where china and all these other bigger countries that have kind of figured it out better over half of us are overweight and a good portion of those people are obese so when covid comes to a place like america it just runs through Mm -hmm. because we have so many underlying health conditions across the board for sure that you know a lot of those deaths are tied to other things that could have been prevented because their health was in such bad shape the covid came and just was the last straw right right. you know so but we won't have that conversation i know you know we'll lock people up for pot but like even on the news now you don't hear them talking about the immune system they're gonna tell you wear a mask wash your hands Mm -hmm. stay six feet apart but they're not going to talk about, you know, taking vitamin D and vitamin C and zinc on a consistent basis. They're right. not going to talk about exercise. They're not going to talk about having a healthy diet. They're not going to have that conversation, right. you know, because there's such big business interests in keeping fast food going and well, keeping factory is, farm going, yeah, alcoholism going, cigarettes going. Like it, there's right. such an interest in keeping all that going. And then you look at pot and you can go. Is it that bad?
0: <laughs> the simple herb.
1: Yeah. It's, well, it's a plant from the ground. Yeah. And I know that's like the hippie bullshit, but it's true. It's it grows from the ground. And the cannabis part of it is not even like the best part. The hemp is the best part. Yeah, dude. You hemp... can use it for shoes and making clothes. And, and that's can...
0: another reason why they made it illegal because people would be so self-sufficient if they were able to grow their own hemp, make their own clothes. All that stuff.
1: And... Oh, I'm blanking on his name, but it was the guy that was running the print. He made the printing press and he maneuvered politically to make, make it illegal. Uh, Cause they didn't want hemp to replace the, all the trees they were taking down to make all the paper. So that is what originally made it illegal. And nice. then they used propaganda, this movie called reefer madness, where yeah. they said, if you smoked, marijuana that you would you know kill your kids and rape your wife and all this craziness and it's like dude if you smoke pot you just realize how much of an asshole you are
0: (laughs) you get such an in perspective of like who and how you act right that's
1: why i always hit people with the black hole line because i'm like like because when you start freaking out like oh my goodness you know it's like look we are on a floating rock flying through space straight up you know, shit can hit the fan whenever. <laughs> right. So it's like
0: And everybody wants to talk about like all the anxiety they have and like there was even a point where unlike like antidepressants and mm-hmm. anti anxiety pills, like those frustrate me because obviously like we need to look at why we have anxiety and like
1: it's a band aid on an open wound.
0: One hundred percent. And like being I know what brought me a lot of anxiety is literally like being on Instagram and like posting something wanting people to like Mm -hmm. it and literally anticipating those likes who liked it when they like it you know what I mean like this virtual anxiety like literally I would have anxiety and the second I deleted it I had even more anxiety because I was like oh my god I'm gonna miss out on everything and then like a couple days went by seriously and I had to like get over because I went on Instagram and I completely like deleted everything I ever posted from 2013 and I was like I am cutting the cord yeah with this social media because it is the only one i have had troubles with i've never made a twitter i fell off facebook a long time ago like i was it's really, a healthy thing yeah <laughs> dude. i mean and like i said i there are times when i feel like i'm living off grid because i don't have social media because it's like i have my own thoughts and i have right. my own ideas and yeah i don't know i don't miss it at all
1: have you watched the uh social dilemma
0: no but you need to i'm that's basically like i get the it's pretty
1: much that yeah so you know we think that these people you know the creators of you know mark zuckerberg and the whole facebook instagram conglomerate you know they're just making things you know they're gonna make the like button and we'll see if it works and no there's a whole psychology behind this where you get this huge dopamine rush when you get that like When you sit there and, oh, my God, you know, I got 20 likes or this person commented or. Yeah. And it's, it's okay in small spurts. But people don't, people that are really on social media don't do it in small spurts.
0: Right. They're living for that. And now
1: on the phones where you can, like, see how much time you spend on each app. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. How
1: eye-opening is that is for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Because they don't, they're like, oh, I was just on there for like an hour. And you look, and it's like, no, you've been on there for four hours. Yeah. And it's like, and that was just Instagram. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I had a coworker one time, he had everything. And one time I said, dude, on your 10th app, what are you finding out that you didn't yeah. find out from the other 10? Because it was Facebook, then Twitter, then Instagram, then Pinterest, mm-hmm. then Reddit, and then this, that, and then Snapchat. And it's just like, like after a certain point, I mean, what are you looking
0: for? Right.
1: And it's like, they know the science behind getting you trapped. And it's our self-awareness again, yeah. comes back to self-awareness of just like, this does not make me feel good. Yeah. This is deterring my everyday existence. Right. And then when you first get rid of it, it is like, it is like rehab. Dude. It's like, well, you know, it, it won't be that bad. Like right. if I just use like 15 minutes a day and then it, it ain't going to be that. Yeah. And then it's, you know, it catches you in this cycle. When I was in college, I did the same thing. It was my third year of college. I went on my Facebook and I deleted every post. I deleted every friend. And then I changed my password to like, gum rock eight super or something like so random. I would never remember it again. And then I was off it for a good like four years or so. And then really now I have it more so just for the podcast okay yeah um to get the podcast out there but even even with just that there's been times where like you know I'll wake up in the morning I feel like I've just watched so much news or been on social media too much and it's like I'm just not even gonna touch it today yeah you know I'm gonna put it down and like it'll be there you know I've mm-hmm. even when I got Instagram again I never have notifications on because that's where that's they get smart. you yeah that's where they get you because sure. even when you're not on it They strategically give you those notifications so you get back on it. Mm. Oh, you haven't talked to Jenna in a while. Or
0: this person hasn't posted in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, after I had that thing with that guy, like, I realized how I just need to get... Like, I can't be on it at all. Like, I can't even have it there. Like, I can't even know that it's there. Like I, I would, like, see him on there posting stuff and it would like give me an emotional reaction a negative emotional reaction i'm like i'm not gonna keep doing this to myself
1: and it all does i mean whether it's an older relationship or it's friends like maybe that you weren't invited to do something and then you feel so or not even that that. it's like your friend on vacation you're like well i wish i was doing something cool right and everyone good or bad it gets a reaction out of
0: us and those reactions aren't good they're not constructive they're not going anywhere
1: that and then everyone projects a public relations versions of their life. Yeah, 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 Nobody's life is like that on Instagram, right. I and guarantee it. And we're
0: all like shaping our personalities off of mm-hmm. like people, what they see on Instagram. Like People think like emojis. Yeah. <laughs> they think in emojis now. Straight up. <laughs> I don't know, it's just weird. And I'm grateful that I'm spending so much more time with my parents now because they keep me grounded in mm-hmm. that sense, you know? Like when I started talking about like how much I need to give up Instagram, this and that, they're just kind of like then do it. Like, why is it so difficult? Mm-hmm. Like they didn't understand. Cause they don't have that addiction right. to these social medias like we do. And so like, I'm just grateful that I had them to be like, it's not that big of a deal. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Where I'm in my head, it's like, Oh my God, this is my social connection right, right now. This is how I take part in the world. Like this is mm-hmm. me, my Instagram page. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait a second. No, like, no.
1: It's you're more than more than that.
0: I'm totally more than that.
1: And you're building real connections too, for sure. You know, I think and
0: reconnecting with you. Yeah. You know, like I spend time with Graham, like just with family, with people who are real and who have real, like care for one another.
1: You know. Well, our greatest commodity in this world is time, and how much time do we give up looking at a screen, yeah. whether it's television, your phone, your computer, your tablet, you know time is the most important thing and so to have that acknowledgement of like applying that time to better things and i think you and i have had the time to like reset and re-strategize because when you're working and stuff like that it's just so easy to get into that loop
0: oh for sure you're You're just waking up you do the
1: job you come home you burn out so you chill Mm -hmm. you get a couple days off you might see a few folks do a few things then you're just right back to the cycle yeah. Where when you have a time to really step back, you start thinking, like, oh, just what's important, you know? And with everything going on in the world, you start thinking, like, I should spend some more time with my grandparents to see how they're doing. Yeah. Because they're not going to be around forever. And, you know, we're... Uh...
0: Super lucky. I mean, I had Lucky like, not even head. the word. I know. I know I mean, isn't it crazy? It's almost unheard of. It is unheard of. Like, 100%. Like, yeah. I can't...
1: Believe it's crazy it. I'm about to be 30 and I have both sets of my grandparents yeah, still. that's so beautiful. Yeah.
0: And, like, I will never again take that for granted, like...
1: And I think you do as a kid. Like, oh, you just I'm don't understand sick. what you have Seriously. until you leave. Even in my early
0: 20s, you know? Yeah. From 20 to 25, like, I was just fucking up. Like, not spending a lick of time with my family. Not even letting them know that I care. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was completely absent for those five years. And, like, I have no regrets, but...
1: I, I would just, say don't have regrets because it's like most people do that, especially yeah. in this day and age. Like when you're leaving the nest, you need time to figure it out on your own. And you sometimes end up pushing out the people that have helped you get there. For sure. But it comes full circle because when it all comes back together, like totally that's what it all comes back down to, you know, not these like fake friends that you've met along the way or just, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a lot of great people out there and there's some snakes in the grass, but You know taking that time away from social media and your circle will grow and just building real relationships you know like that was cool through college like the people is interesting like the people i knew that was really into social media probably still all like communicate through that venue but i mean friends i made during that time that didn't have social media in in college i'm still friends to this day like we still all hang out we still all catch up like but it's because we all allowed ourselves to like
0: Have real experience. Have
1: that time to build those relationships. We weren't all just sitting in the room together on our phones, you know.
0: Or like talking about, yeah, something. We're just
1: talking about dumb shit. We're not talking about other people. Let's talk about subjects. Let's, Let's break down ideas and see both sides and...
0: Yeah, no gossip is good gossip. That's one thing I stopped doing a while ago—is talking about other people because it's not constructive.
1: Well, it's just as bad as it's just as bad for you as it is. Totally. For the energy of the conversation, like, totally. there's a difference between raising concern for someone you love sure. and just talking shit. Right. Right. <laughs> you see what that bitch was wearing? It's right. just like that. That I is just no toxic energy. You do not 100%. need. You know, because all that stuff is so unimportant.
0: It doesn't matter at all.
1: You know. So, whew, <laughs> it's a doozy. This is an impromptu podcast, by the way, totally. too. And you're Never my first guest down here to... in the studio. Dude, really? So, welcome to the what studio. Yeah. Heck yeah. It's been fun. It's been fun to evolve the podcast, just like event, gradually take it up a notch here and there. Yeah. Because I did it in 2017, I did like four. So now, like, Three what do you, do you
0: usually have, like, okay, I want to have this person on, and I want to, like, ask them these questions, or is it basically, like, free form?
1: Both, you know. Um, like, I'm about to have uh, Pete Carpenter on, a good friend of mine, uh, known him forever, and he just has a really great story, you know. He uh, he was diagnosed with ADHD, like, around 8 or 10 Taking thirty milligram Adderall's in the morning and Xanax, Xanax at night. Wow. As a child. Wow. And uh, obviously that played into his health and his weight and his eating habits. And, That's intense. And but you know nowadays he's in his lower thirties with a nutrition degree and you know he has grown to like take the right path so to speak. Where we've had we have a friend that told us that her brother was in a similar situation at eight to ten and they didn't medicate him and now he is just like off the rails. Really? And my perception was always like that is just like why would you diagnose a kid on speed that young? And I just felt like it was so wrong. And then after hearing her story, it was like A, I don't know shit. B, it's not black and white. Yeah. So you have this kid that wasn't medicated, now having a terrible time as an adult. You have this kid that was, in my opinion, over medicated, but now he's thriving.
0: Yeah, because and yeah, I don't know shit either. And that's the thing; it's like like there is no right or wrong. Has ADD or ADHD, but don't we think too that like these kids? Isn't it unnatural for them to be told to sit in one spot? For eight hours a day.
1: Like, I say that all the time. I say yeah. a lot of kids that are diagnosed I mean, ADHD that's where are just my kids. Head goes. Yeah, but they're just I'm kids.
0: Sure, there is chemistry, science, brain, right. neurons. So, like I do, like and there I,
1: is a difference. So, like sure. if I were to take that thirty milligram Adderall, I would be speedy. I'd be up for two days. When he takes Adderall, it is the polar opposite it effect. Calms it calms him down. Okay. So there is definitely a difference in brain chemistry, sure. but. To say all that's to say, you know, for his, yeah, there's, you know, kind of a, a draft we're going to run through. Mm. But then, like, my buddy O'Neill that did the uh, brand logo for the podcast. Like, last time he came on, we just had some drinks and that sounds talked cool. about Epstein. And, like, yeah. <laughs> just went deep and just kind of went random. And that's the one of the beauties of podcasts is, like, that freedom. Yeah, it's like, if I really want to cool. sit down and, like, right now, like, literally she sat i was just showing her the studio because mm-hmm. we we're gonna go hiking and then it was like we're sitting here pretty much making a podcast without recording it right. and i'm like well actually just...
0: missed kind of some good yeah we missed some good for, shit. Like, actually we should have just sat right down <laughs> in front of the mic
1: so then it was like well yeah let's just fire it up and get it going and then like i i feel like the people i would have on to do like what we're doing is people that I have a relationship like this with that like, I don't have to really worry about us getting on here and not having anything to talk about because right. we'll find things to talk about. Sure. And, uh, and then, yeah, when I go back through after, just, you know, I'm, I'm like building my system. So like the last podcast, I took the whole thing, broke it up all into different pieces and then, uh, you know, posted each chunk online like on instagram and stuff okay so then people aren't, aren't looking at like two three hours like oh i gotta watch all this <laughs> yeah. it's just broken into five ten minute clips if you want to watch cool. them all you can if you want to watch one or two you can so they're all on youtube and instagram and um uh, yeah it's just like the evolution of it you know okay. i went from throwing a yeti mic and the computer camera and then uh yeah, now we got some lights. Got a legit studio we, going on. we got some, you know, got some lights, got some legit mics, compressor, yes. and we'll get some nicer uh, cameras in here eventually. And
0: I want to come back and do one when you get the mural.
1: Oh, for sure! I'm excited for that. I'm she just wrapped up her like her art project before what she's about to do for me. So we got some cool art coming. Um, and I would say like the the best thing of the whole podcast experience is just like that. The the creation of love, you know, for sure. Like when I first started about bringing the podcast back up and just like making it a little bit more official getting like a real brand logo, making a website and all this stuff. Um, I just, uh, damn, I just had a brain fart. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, these are like perfect for someone like me who is stepping away from social media because this makes me feel like I still have a voice. You yeah. know, I'm not protruding in everyone's lives all the time. Like this, makes me feel like okay my ideas and my concepts are still relevant and important i'm just not acting on them every second of every day
1: and you you get to say what you want to say with not having to like get what everyone else is throwing on to you sure you know which is nice for sure um but yeah so it was all made from love so like i'm on instagram and i'm trying to find someone to make this brand logo and then i'm like i hit up this guy's like it's 60 bucks to do it and if you need a like adjustments, it's going to be this. And I'm like, I know three graphic designers. Like, why <laughs> would I not just hit up my friends? Yeah. So like O'Neill makes the brand logo. Robert helps me with project uh, production and Annie helps me with the artwork. And it's just like, use your network. Like use that small circle you do have. Like we just, we don't think of the community we already have at our fingertips. Yeah. And why not? Like, why would I pay some stranger to do something I could pay my buddy to do? Sure. Well, you know. And that
0: brings us out of our comfort zones and enhances our capabilities too
1: for sure you know and it's like now i'm pushing myself making podcasts and learning different audio and video editing and that's really cool you got to challenge yourself and i think you know there's so many people that you know are on unemployment or lost their jobs and they're just not doing shit with their time Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong i mean i've taken my time to relax and chill and recoup but like i don't want to go into my next job thinking man, I wasted all that time. Yeah. You know, that was my biggest fear. Like when I first got laid off, I'm like, man, I don't want to go back to my job and just be like, I didn't do shit. Like (laughs) I'm just in the same spot I was when I lost the job. And like, now it's like, even if I get a new, you know, a a new occupation, you know, I got this going. Studio's good to go. Come down here. Just like today, we just put up the lights, hit record and we're rocking and rolling. Mm -hmm. You know, we're ready to go. So
0: I know that's funny because i actually there was someone who a couple months ago was like so what are you doing with your life like what are you doing what are you getting accomplished and i'm question. like i'm being living happy. <laughs> i'm practicing positivity i'm exercising daily like i'm doing a lot of things for my own
1: but so many people would be like oh you're so literally literally not, doing you're not you're not doing anything yeah and it's like
0: and it made me feel bad at first but then i had to like once again disassociate from that and realize like his perception on what I should be doing is his business, his business. Mine. And, and that's due to his, someone put that pressure on him who put that pressure on them. And it's just,
1: it's him projecting his insecurities onto you. Totally. You know, and look, we're not it makes
0: al- me feel bad. Cause I'm like, Oh, like, I'm sorry <laughs> that you feel that way.
1: And look, like, you know, I've, I've had people really close to me just like in a very respectful way, just be like, I'm envious. Like, you know, I'm getting paid to not work. And I get it I get it Yeah But at the same time You know You're gonna have a break in your life one day that I'm not Right But I'm not I I just don't have that in me Like I don't When I see someone else doing better than me I'm not like Oh like, dang. I was like, well, that's what's up, man. Good right, shit. Right, right. Because I know at some point I will get there and I don't need to compare my race to someone else's. For sure. It doesn't bring me any more or less fulfillment if I see someone up or down compared to me, yeah, you know? Definitely. Like, that whole, like, well, what are you doing? And, like, I get that all the time. Oh, so you're not work? What are you doing all day? Right. And it's like, none of your fucking business, bro. First of all, yeah. Yeah, like, well, if you go online, you can see I'm, I'm pretty... I stay pretty busy. Right. <laughs> like but it's not like I'm not doing anything. As long
0: as I'm contributing positively to the energy of the universe, like what else do I need to be doing?
1: And the other stuff you'll figure out. Right. You know, like when so, again, like what we were talking about before, like that person that you're talking about, they probably identified or their identity was tied to their occupation. Yeah. So it's like without that job, they don't know who they are. Right. You know. And for people like us, like we don't tie yeah. our ego to this like corporate ladder and like, I'm in this position. So I get to tell these people what to do yeah. and then I got to listen to what this person says. And then it's like, we don't lie, live that way. I've
0: actually <laughs> never succeeded in a competitive work environment because I'm always, I don't like surrender, but I'm basically like, I don't want to fight. Like I don't want to compete. Like I'm not right. here to go on top of someone else. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm willing to coexist. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I think back to like my first job, Starbucks, I was there for four years. And I didn't really excel in those four years. Like, a lot of people, when they're there for so long, like, they become shift managers. And I actually worked with a girl who now runs her own store. And, Mm -hmm. like, another girl is her uh, assistant store owner. And, like, I just never had that attitude when I worked there. I'm like, I don't plan this on being my career. So, like, I kind of, like, some people would get mad at me because I was cool with, like, staying a barista and, like, just Mm -hmm. going and doing like, I don't know people, I feel like they look down on me for that because I wasn't willing to like join this doggy dog world. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you can, I'll just share my food with you. And like, you know what I mean? I like, <laughs> just have a different perspective.
1: Like, it's just the, it's the culture, Yeah, you know, and that culture, you know, I worked in, in a store, well, you know, similar to that too. And it's just like, some people have that in them of just like, I'm going to I'm going to take down everyone else's building to build my own mm-hmm. where we have more of like just build the best building yeah like if you have the best building and it will maybe, happen
0: maybe we don't have that because we've never like i don't want to say like we've had it easy but like we've never really like
1: we never had a no shit like we're on the streets moment yeah
0: you know like we've never really had to survive like we've always yeah so i feel like maybe that's why we're so easygoing which isn't Maybe. a bad thing because you know people you need easygoing people and you need high strung people too that's how sure. you create a community so
1: well it's, that's what balances the community yeah. you know you need to have a little bit of everything totally and uh, if anything is missing in there then you really it really comes to light pretty quickly so sure. it's crazy what uh what do you think about the election how you feeling
0: i mean I'm gonna vote for Biden.
1: This is what? What's today? This is October 28th. So we are what? Five days. Yeah, but are
0: we even gonna know on November 3rd? Like, how probably does not. Work, you know.
1: Well, it's interesting because on one end, you're like, if so many people are voting early this year, like every other time that we voted, they did the votes in person that day and had it counted by that night. So I feel like if all these people are voting early, they should be able then to wouldn't they be voting. ahead of the game? Right but uh but yeah who knows we did early voting too did you <clears throat> so like mean, we're done with it we're not yeah i actually
0: for some reason i never so like when i was living with my ex-boyfriend i had gotten my address on my license changed over to his address and I had never gotten it changed back once I moved in because my license never expired, so I was like, "What's right. the point?" Well, thankfully, I recognized that that was going to affect like mm-hmm. voting, so right. I re-registered and everything and got it all straightened out. So I missed the uh, mail-in ballot application, so I will have to vote in person, but yeah, definitely, you know, gonna vote. This is only the second time I've ever voted. I didn't even vote in 2016, which I know is part of the problem, but I just didn't. Um, I've always been very kind of politically. Unenthused, like I don't For know sure. much about it, you know. Like, well, I know growing up,
1: we never really.
0: There was no political. I mean, really, we didn't really
1: talk about it. like. No. Growing up, we never really went into politics. Like, we watched sports on holidays, right. and like,
0: and thankfully we didn't, because I feel like. That's
1: what you know, fucks up a lot of holidays. It <laughs> is. because you know what? <laughs> on my
0: mom's side, like most of my uncles are Republicans, whereas like the rest of us are Democrats. So like, yeah, we don't talk about it because right. it just ends up getting into.
1: Well, it ruins the
0: it really does well
1: like we're like we're supposed to get together to enjoy each other's company and now we're just bringing up stuff that's gonna separate us so
0: i know and it's it's rough but yeah i mean i'm i would come out and say i'm voting for biden just because you know i personally don't care for trump for multiple reasons and Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like at this point people and i don't know i don't even want to say this because it's judgmental and i'm really trying hard not to judge but I feel like those who want to support someone like trump is just not willing to be anything different than what they've always been and that's just not good for society like i'm willing to do what it takes for a peaceful scenario you know what i mean like if that means I don't know. I don't know what it even means. Like I Mm -hmm. just want peace. Like I want acceptance. I want love. I want compassion. And like, I don't know if Biden will give us that, but I know Trump hasn't. So it's like, (laughs) I mean, I feel like putting Biden in office is like putting my grandpa in office. Like I would hang out with Biden. Like, so that's basically,
1: well, it's a weird thing that we do because in any other scenario, old men in their seventies, who listens to them? Right. You know, no one. No. Nobody. We treat <laughs> men in their seventies like children. Straight up. Like we have to make their decisions for them, and and then we, it comes to the, the president. To take,
0: like, driving license, basically. right? Like yeah.
1: And then it comes to the presidency, and we just get the oldest fuckers every time.
0: Well, and isn't this? But this is like the oldest the candidates have been because like in a while, Obama's yeah. Young, Obama's young. Know. Obama was
1: younger, and yeah. Oh I mean, yeah.
0: Clinton, Bush. They I mean, yeah, younger. Bush was
1: young. Yeah, they were all younger. Um. In comparison, and this just
0: goes to show that the Republican and Democratic parties just don't have anyone else to run for them. Well,
1: they do. They, it's the institution itself. I mean, look, no one can tell me that Bernie wasn't going to get that nomination. The Democratic Party has shunned Bernie twice, yeah, and uh, they go, well, they go for the elite because the elite's going to keep the whole thing going. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to keep students in debt. They want to keep healthcare costs crazy. They the rich, want to, the
0: poor, poor. you
1: know, the. I voted for Biden, um, but it felt just like when I voted for Hillary. It didn't feel good, because Biden and Hillary's policies, are the reason we are where we are. The reason we have mass incarceration. You know, Biden's son is smoking crack, yet Biden passed the laws to ruin, millions of families for crack. That's fucked up. It's fucked up. So he won't call the DEA on his own son for doing crack for the past few decades. Mm-hmm. But he's ruined millions of families yeah. off these laws. And so, um, and that and then them shipping jobs over to China, that was, uh, you know, Biden and the Clintons had a huge role in that. So it's hard for me to vote Democrat because it doesn't make me feel like I'm really voting for any change. It's just reverting back to the way we yeah. were. It's reverting back to the, and, and I am not a Trump supporter. <laughs> But it was refreshing, at least, f- to see someone just say what they thought for once instead of this pre-made bullshit right. of, like... I can, I can you
0: respect know? that, for and, sure. And
1: I think when we talk about empathy and we talk about, like, learning the other side, I've, these past four years, like, really understood why people voted for Trump. Because people like Biden, people like the Clintons have been shipping jobs in Ohio over to China for the past few decades, and it's ruined p- places like Lordstown i mean it's ruined it because yeah. all those jobs uh, at, you know my grandpa worked for 30 40 years at gm when our grandparents were growing up they worked in one place and that was it there was no like now you got to jump job to job if you want to get promoted right and so you know a lot of these democratic policies that they put in place weren't democratic they were centralists you know and rogan to or not rogan I get my Joe's mixed up. <laughs> Biden is more of a centralist. He's more of a Republican, honestly. Really? Um, when you look at his policies, and even like the cabinet he wants to introduce is is, is you know, it's central. And I'm okay with central because I think that's where we get we just get a little bit of everything. You know, like I don't think whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a conspiracy, whether you don't give a shit. I think everybody has a little bit of right. And everyone's got a lot of wrong, Sure. you know, and uh, I think for our generation, like we're off the whole, like just being on a team to be on a team. We feel like we have to be democratic because Trump has tried to like divide our nation so miserably, you know, and I'm not so anti-Trump. Like I can admit that he did a good job with the economy when it was doing well. You know, I like that he brought some manufacturing jobs back from China. I like that he started making some pharmaceutical um, institutions in America because those have been built in China. When COVID hit, we couldn't get a lot of medicine because all of our shit was made over there. So there were some good moves. But on the whole, I think he has just ripped us apart. You know, he won't come out after George Floyd and say that was wrong. And that we need to vet our police better. Like, there's yeah, none of he's that. Not
0: setting the, yeah, just on a moral standard, yeah. he's not setting an example.
1: There's no tone to bring us together. And whether no. you loved Obama or hate Obama, he always addressed us as us. And not, like, Trump addresses his supporters. Yeah, When he speaks, he's addressing his supporters. He's not addressing the nation.
0: Right, only people who, yeah, support yeah, him. Yeah, who right.
1: support him. Where, like, Obama addressed all of us. Right. You know? And, uh I think if Biden wins that hopefully it calms down, like this whole like you know, Antifa versus the white supremacists well, and I know. Well, like I'm
0: afraid that if Biden gets elected, like that's gonna be like a war between Look, the white someone's, supremacist and someone's gonna have know. a
1: hissy fit. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. And it's just like what happened last time when all the Democrats were like, he's not my president. It's like, well, he is. He is. He is the president. And this is the way it goes. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when we get into this tribalistic bullshit. Sometimes your team wins and sometimes your team doesn't. Right. And I, and that's the whole problem. Because yeah. if we just looked at issues <laughs> yeah. and, and, and got, a, blue. Well, got away of this idea of representation and got more into the idea of just ideas and issues and how do we solve these issues mm-hmm. but we're so dependent on finding representatives to go in and fix these issues instead of just f- focusing on the issues yeah. and that's where all this shit comes from so i would like for it to go back left but my theory is the, the pendulum okay so a pendulum goes like this mm-hmm. right and that we go left for eight years and then we go right for eight years because once you get to that 10 to 12-year mark, people start losing it. Now they start feeling like it's a dictator. You know, say if Trump was there for 12 years, it feels like a dictatorship. Yeah. And like he, you know, ruling with an iron fist and all this stuff. And then Democrats, oh, they're just letting everything just get out of hand and blah, blah, blah. So that eight-year time frame's is like perfect. And that's why you have instances like when George Bush on the first election and Trump, they lose the popular election, but then the Electoral College puts them in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Because when I was younger I thought it was just like A conspiracy theory Like they You know They want to control us And all that And I don't think It's so much that I think it's just the key Because our nation Is pretty much divided It's like a 40-60 divide Between Republican and Democrat Back and forth It's like a 50-50 And it goes up and down so it keeps the majority of people for eight years like, yeah, my team's here. We're doing good. Mm-hmm. And then for eight years, like, oh, this sucks. yeah, And then totally. eight years, like, oh, we're back, you know. <laughs> right. So I think Trump will get it again. And then the Democrats will just find the blackest, probably the, <laughs> like, the blackest woman they can find yeah. and throw her up there. And she'll be like Michelle Obama or something. She'll yeah. be our next president. So that's my little theory. I don't know if it's gonna work out like that, but the just looking reason, at history, you know.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. That's literally what happens.
1: Because like the same thing happened with Bush. Right. Everyone fucking hated Bush. Yeah. Fucking hated Bush, yeah. and he still he he wiped the floor in that second term. He still won it. And granted, it was not as divisive as it is now. Um, and who knows? I know, it's 2020, we, so I know. I'm not rolling anything out. And
0: <laughs> they've been saying like. It's already like well surpassed the amount of votes that were casted in 2016.
1: Right, but like all those, all the poll numbers, and I just can't believe any of that. Because okay, yeah. they did the same thing in 2016. Really? Hillary's gonna, like, he's, she's gonna wipe the floor with him no. and all the stuff. And then he ends up, you know, she did. I mean, she won.
0: What about that Bennett lady, though? What do you think about her? Do you think she's gonna take away all women's
1: rights? No. <laughs> no the reason we don't have one Supreme court purse, like the reason we have a court and not one person is for shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the one person that can't come in and just, whoop. Yeah. um,
0: it is a more conservative Supreme court now though, isn't it?
1: So, so that is the concern because the prior one was a lifelong Democrat and, uh, she is def The new one's definitely more conservative. Um, here's the thing when it comes to this high level government we just don't know
2: yeah
1: like we don't know what they know and they're not allowed to tell us what they know so there's so many things that we can't really have like an intelligent well-informed opinion on but yeah, we all piss bitch and moan like we do mm-hmm. <laughs> so like for example like the left or people on the right will always say well people on the left want to take my guns away it's never going to happen you know why Texas doesn't get bombed? Because hmm. everyone's trapped. <laughs> if you shoot Texas, Texas shoots back. <laughs> okay? That's true. If you blow up... Te- so many fucking bullets are going to fly <laughs> into the air. Like, it'd just be a dumb idea. Yeah. Like, there's Double a reason ears. we have guns, right? And that's a right-wing issue I agree with, personally. I think if you want to protect yourself, you have the right to make that option. Sure. Um, but, you know... There's gray lines. Like, there is no perfect scenario where it just works out perfectly. Right. Do I think she's going to come in there and get rid of abortion? Like, no, I don't. I really don't think that's going to happen. I think there's too many things well, in place. they were threatening
0: that. Weren't they? That was already, someone was already, who else was trying to take that away?
1: Well, this is what we do during election time. We talk about abortion. We talk about pot. We talk about the second to third tier issues that are important. But what we're not going to talk about is mass incarceration, the military industrial complex, factory farming, like things that really make our world move never get brought up. And every four years we start talking about abortion Mm -hmm. and we start talking about these things that are important. They're not not important. But we never really talk about the way the world moves. We never talk about how our jobs. We definitely
0: need to talk more about agriculture. Yeah, agriculture,
1: farming, and like none of that gets brought up. Food production, none of that gets brought up. I and that's why I think it's just horseshit. I think that's why I don't really have an opinion on the new Supreme Court. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of it is just propaganda. You know, she's going to get rid of abortion. Don't let her get in there. It's like, did she say that? Right. It's like, that's <laughs> like,
0: very extreme. Like, you, if you really think this lady is going to come up and yeah. sit down and be like, all right, first thing. Get <laughs> <No laughs> <more>. done. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and when you look at, uh, like, our population issues and stuff, it just doesn't make sense. Like, from a uh, a mathematical standpoint.
0: Yeah, like, how could you not...
1: Like, yeah, if your population
0: would be out of the roof. Well, if
1: you're bitching about, you know... The from, cost from, of
0: food f- and the cost of...
1: Well, from the right perspective, right? Of, like, I don't want to pay my hard-working tax dollars for these degenerates to be on food stamps and all this stuff. And then it's like, well, then why would you want them to have more kids? Right. Because that's just going to produce more of the same problem. So if... Like I don't I don't know how I feel about abortion, you know. I know and it's such a touchy subject. It's a touchy one. It's
0: like some people some of these degenerates like they just want to have the kids, you know what I mean? Well they like, want to have
1: the kids for the benefits right. and the lock of man Like there's there's sides to each side of the spectrum, a hundred percent. But when you just look at a straight population issue, you know, I don't know why that would make things better. <laughs> <laughs> to legalize or to, to to make it illegal? Yeah, because all you're gonna do is force these people to go on the black market. It's the same thing with drugs. Yeah. So then abortion goes on the black market. Guess what's gonna happen? More people. Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like you're, then you're gonna have unsafe abortions, right? Right. So now you're putting the risk of the the women and the the baby's done regardless whether it's legal or not. Mm-hmm. It's just a touchy subject, and I think it's so s- circumstantial. I mean, I mean, it all comes back down
0: to compassion and empathy. You know? Yeah, and Understanding like I can that could, every person is different, and every woman should have that right. to Have decide. that
1: right to choose, and like, yeah. why are, you, are they trying to control their decision? Right. You know, like if I'm allowed to go to the liquor store and drink poison, why can't they have the decision if they were raped and got impregnated right. to not keep that baby? Mm-hmm. You know, but it's so not black and white, and that's right. why I think. After a certain point, man, you just got to let people do what they're going to do. I know. Like if you're going to get an abortion, you're going to get it whether it's legal or not. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do drugs, you're going to do it whether it's legal or not. And it like,
0: all comes down to education, too. Like yeah. educating Having people. the knowledge. Yeah.
1: Like the whole idea, uh, I love Dave Chappelle's joke about uh about the crack ep- epidemic into the opioid epidemic cuz he's like all those stupid white people just say no how hard's that you know <laughs> and now it's like yeah now it's happening to your kid yeah. and it's not that easy right it's not just saying no like right. but if we would have educated it's not just say no it's look if you get into heroin this is what it looks like mm-hmm. this is what track marks look like this is what the inside of your body looks like this is you know These are the side effects. Even that,
0: I think, is counterproductive because it's like, okay, then you introduced that drug to that person. Like, you know what I mean? Instead, we should be offering people more of a refuge, more of a place to go. You know what I mean? I think of the town I grew up in and there was nothing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it was so easy to get caught up in in drugs and alcohol. I mean, like, that's all we did was drink and do drugs. You know what I mean? That's all. And it was so heard of and so normal because like what else are you gonna do you know and i think of like in youngstown they offer like the jewish community center like they have programs and places for people to go and like i guess that comes back down to community too you know it's like give people a place to go yeah that is healthy a reliable
1: and... outlet exactly yeah
0: because it's like yeah. well if
1: you look at places that have really gotten a hold on the drug problem they went as far as to like supply heroin to the addicts. Cause there was that uh, like, it was healthy. It sounds crazy, but it was like a healthy dosage of healthy heroin. Mm-hmm. And they said more people kept coming back to get help. Cause they finally had a place to come to where someone, they were like, you can have this needle or you can go talk to one of our therapists. Like we have someone here you could talk to for free. Mm-hmm.
0: So it was like, okay, you're giving them the option to mm-hmm. make this bad choice over and over again or make a change. For the make better. a change. And yeah, then yeah, give them the resources more. to change. Right. Like actually exactly. have feasible Instead resources. Of just ripping these people out of their addiction, mm-hmm. making them physically suffer. <sighs> I mean, I never went through physical withdrawals like that. Like I could only imagine, you know, that's awful. I mean, so that is sounds like a very more responsible way. But then that comes down to money, you know? People don't oh, want for sure. to pay for you well, know
1: well if you would look at the extreme right they're gonna look at that and go why would our tax dollars right. be here to pay for drug addicts and it's like but the, but you're bitching about the crime rate going up right. because they need to steal money for the drugs well if we gave them a place to really fix their problem they yeah. wouldn't need to do any of this and shit and they
0: need to realize too that they're sitting so comfortably where they are because like they were set up to be that way yeah. whereas like a lot of times these people who are the addicts and the homeless that's how they were set up to live you know
1: well then like it, this is the circumstance of it like if you look into oxycontin and how that was a level four cancer drug that was for people that were on the brink of death and that couldn't you know morphine and stuff just wasn't working for them anymore so the purpose of oxycontin was so that people could die a peaceful death
0: okay
1: then the company started making deals with doctors to prescribe it for headache medication mm-hmm. So you're taking something that is meant for someone literally on their deathbed and they're saying it has no addictive Qualities and yeah, you just take this for pain management mm-hmm. for a headache well, you get hooked on an oxycontin and then subscription goes and Now you're hooked to opioids mm-hmm. and that's why you have a lot of these people hooked on heroin now because it's cheaper They went bankrupt buying oxies. And now they're on heroin. And, you know, Oxycontin's gonna pay three, four billion, and no one's gonna go to jail. No one's gonna see the inside of a jail cell, even though they made hundreds of billions of dollars selling this drug right. to people. And doctors won't go to jail. People from the corporation will go to jail, but we are so quick to lock up the black guy in the trap house and
0: to blame them and to
1: blame them for the problem. And it's like, but you have a fucking industry, doctors, nurses, pharmacists that are all behind this and no one's held accountable. And so you look at that and you go, wow, like imagine if your back was hurting, like your back broke and it was hurting so bad. They give you Oxycontin. Or even if you're just going in there for a migraine, they give you Oxycontin and the next thing you know, a few years down the road, you're addicted. Mm -hmm. And now your body physically needs it. Like you have to be on drugs. They give you other drugs to get off opioids. So if you don't have those, like you are so physically, you could die from the the withdrawal. So it's just disgusting. It's disgusting that that they can get away with that. But we're so quick to lock up any black person selling drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's disgusting, but... I think too and you know I, I just think america is the greatest experiment like we are a cluster of different cultures and religions and ideologies and so we're gonna have conflict and we're gonna have disagreements but it's just the uh it's just like the unfair skepticism mm-hmm. of the system yeah. that we pick and choose if you're a corporation you can hide behind that name Yeah, you know It wasn't the guys at BP that created the oil spill. It was BP. No. People at BP made the decisions (laughs) that led to the spill in the ocean. (laughs) So who are these people? Let's hold them accountable. But we'll never know their names. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Oxycontin. Yeah. They'll never be held accountable. It's disgusting.
0: It is. It's crazy.
1: And they created just as much, if not more, harm than the black market. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. And people thought that they were trust like, this is a trusted source. I'm going to the doctor. It's the same thing I was telling you about Pete with the Adderall as a kid. Like, in the late 80s, when parents went to the doctor, you didn't have fucking WebMD. Right. You didn't have Google. Well, and know, like, you- if your doctor said your son needs this prescription, you just said okay. Yeah. And that was that. Right. You know?
0: Well, I even look at our grandparents, you know? Like, they. that's kind of how they are at this point. You know, they are very reliant on... The doctor's prescriptions. Oh and, yeah, you know it's like there's a whole go, business behind it, right? And they go to him with every question, every complication, and it's like they've never been able to rely on themselves and their own instinct because it's always just been
1: well, question it, you know, question yeah. like I'm not sure about, like I'm not feeling right about that. Yeah, getting a second opinion, doing some o- your own research, and. Mm. I think some people have, like, some older people have come around to it a little bit. But for sure, I mean, for, you know, our grandparents and the times before that, I mean, whatever the doctor said. was, You realize doctors promoted cigarettes on television. Really? Oh, you can find the commercials. Like, they're like, "Uh, I'm a doctor and I only recommend Campbell's. Healthiest cigarette there is. I mean, before all the research came out about how much cancer it gives you. And it's just like when you look, you know, reefer madness, cigarettes, like you look at all this propaganda that this keeps getting spewed out generation after generation. It it just
0: gets more and more complicated. Like Mm -hmm. I'm to the point where my mom and I, like whenever we have an ailment, our first initial thought is like, oh, what essential oil is good for that? We've been like really stepping up our game with those. And like there's literally in our minds, in our belief system, there is an essential oil that can fix everything and anything, you know? But, but it's like having,
1: to... it's having that mindset of like, there's a problem. So there's a solution. Sure. And so many people get stuck in the problem and, and they, we can't move well, past. And
0: yeah. And they, they have that problem and then they bring that problem to the doctor and then that's where it stays That mm-hmm. stops. There's no, okay, well, this is what you can do to prevent this. Yeah. You know? Cause like, I swear everything that is wrong with us is preventable and curable. I mean, Oh, for our sure. Bodies are changing how I and who I was yesterday, completely different from who I am today for Even sure. from my intentions to my energy to everything. Like
1: a hundred percent so much. And it should be, you right. know, you shouldn't, especially at our age, like you shouldn't be at this like stale, like in the same zone every day, yeah. like every day should be in a new experience. Yeah. And Oh boy, it's just, uh, it can be very overwhelming to take on the world. And I think you're just in a good spot right now. Cause like you said, fuck the world and I'm just going to focus on me. And when you focus on you, you're going to figure yourself out and get yourself into a place that like, you'll get to this point where you can handle social media stuff like that again. Totally. It just takes time. And like, just listen, you know, keep connecting with nature, connecting with the people you want to, because that's the stuff we're all going to remember. I always tell people live like you're going to watch your movie before you die. Like the movie of your life before you die. Yeah. You know, like every uh, early December, our friends always get together for a Christmas thing. And I could never go because it was always on a weekend. I had to work, but I would always call off. And I remember one time or it was last year and Brett's like, we'll call off tomorrow too. And mm-hmm. like, we'll stay the night. And I'm like, like, I know I shouldn't call off but when I die, I'm not going to remember going and working that shift. I'm going to remember being with my friends all night and like having moments and just like connecting. And like, so I stayed and it's when you live life, like, well, if I died and I looked back on it, how would I feel? You end up living this like a way more fulfilling life. I agree. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've kind of gotten myself to the point where like, Honestly, if I died tomorrow, like I feel like I'm content, like I definitely haven't accomplished everything that I wanted to per se, I guess, but I have no real, like, uh, what's it called? Like pressure on myself. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like, like I, like I said, I'm just content and I'm proud of who I am and where I've been and where I'm going. And if something were to happen tomorrow, like I'm accepting of it and know that I did what I could with what I have. And yeah, that's all we can do.
1: That's all you can do. And you just never know. I mean, it's like, that old line that you make plans and god laughs like 2020 is the best example of that Dude, straight up not a single person's plans were not fucked up right. for this year
0: dude i was gonna go see rage against the machine
1: oh nice where
0: uh they were coming to cleveland wow yeah damn they haven't toured in 15 20 years M- my parents
1: were about to go see the stones nice and i was like you ain't seeing them they definitely <laughs> gonna be dead by the time <laughs> this shit comes that's back that's it you <laughs> <chance with> <laughs> Dude, I saw Elton John last year.
0: That was awesome. Oh, that's dope. That was amazing.
1: That's what's up. Where did you see him in Cleveland too? Yeah,
0: he went to the Rocket Mortgage. Nice. Yeah, that
1: was me. Well, it fit. Rocket Man, Rocket right. Mortgage, <laughs> you know. To beam. It's just something about live music. Sweet. And it's so weird too, because if you were to explain that to someone, like you're going to get 20,000 people in a room and they're only going to be attracted to sound. Like sound is what got them there. Yeah. You'd be like, what the fuck? But it's, like, this accumulation of all these instruments and right? Dude, the crowd. Wild. and There's
0: nothing like music. It's the universal language for sure.
1: Oh, it is. You know, I mean, that's why I love, like, the STS-9s and the Taika's because it's, like, no words. That's cool. And, like, it was well, like, all of us could be speaking 20 different languages. Yeah. And we're all up in there just, like, church, you know, yeah. just, like, all connected on the spiritual level because totally. we're all just, like, at that same wavelength, you know.
0: I'm, like, not... A serious musician, obviously. I strive to be though. I think I'm thinking about taking back up piano lessons, but I do play the ukulele and I'm nice. I'm like fairly decent at it. Like I um I don't know, but I it really takes you somewhere when you're like deep into playing. Like you really you you start like floating. Like you get yeah. on this whole other wavelength and it's amazing.
1: Yeah, you're in the zone. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun getting lost in things. Totally. And then you look at the clock, you're like, what?
0: Right. Dude, drumming would be awesome too. I would love to take up drumming.
1: Yeah. If there's an instrument for me to take up, I would like drumming for sure. Yeah. But, uh, I guess it just looks so fucking cool. Right? Like a drum set? (laughs) This like, like uh, Zach from uh, STS9, like watching him draw. I remember being in Austin, Texas and shit you not, he was going bonkers. And I don't know if one of his homies saw like his stick starting to dwindle or something. His stick broke. Dang. His homie threw the stick in midair. This dude didn't miss a beat and like it broke and he caught it and just kept going. Oh, I was like, gosh. God gosh. damn. That's <laughs> and I was like, man, that he just looks like the coolest motherfucker up there right now. Oh, just yeah. like, <laughs> you just know, doing it well. So I was like, yeah, like I'm not learning an instrument, but if I, were too. I feel like the drums would be up my alley. Heck yeah,
0: yeah. we still have that piano that was in your house.
1: That shit's old.
0: Right? Dude, it needs retuned, repeat, like
1: bad. <laughs> I remember I went in the living room one day. I was like, Mom, where's the piano? She goes, we got rid of that like two years ago.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious.
1: She goes, you never played it. I was like, well, obviously. I just... <laughs> We nice it was just nice you know right. it's like such a nice like if i ever had like some fuck you money i'd probably would just have a piano for sure like just sit like when you walk in it's just sitting there with some like flowers on it or something like, yeah you know?
0: i don't play that but i might
1: it's there <laughs> <Right>. you know <laughs> if someone comes over and wants to play sure. it's an option uh-huh. yeah <sighs> that's funny yeah well awesome girl well thanks for popping on Heck yeah, this has been awesome time. let me see where we're at here
0: probably been at it for a while
1: oh yeah we got two two hours Dude, we've been on this for two Just hours. About. Yeah, 152. So nice. awesome. Well, random millennial thoughts. Thanks for joining. This is Jenna Whitfield, since I didn't introduce her until two hours in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thanks for coming on. We'll have you back yeah. on soon. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Bye. girl. Bang! <laughs>